ladies and gentlemen. Here is another session here. And um, we give thanks to Almighty God for giving us this opportunity. I want you to pay attention to what we are going to discuss because I believe strongly that it's going to be of benefit to all of us in one form or the other. The um, discussion is about choosing your post-retirement career. And it's such a very beautiful stage to reach in a person's life. We shall look briefly into what retirement means. We shall look into some choices, dilemma, and some things that look like grieving. We shall look at it vis-a-vis -vis our stage in life, our state of mind, and what we need to do next. By the way, my name is Abri Fatah Adeyemi. I don't know what your names are, but I'll get to know as time goes on. I want to once more greet each and every one of us, and I pray that Almighty God will continue to be with us and continue to support and sustain us in all we do. Now, if you are ready now, let's get started. Please don't take this discussion too seriously. I can see everybody holding pen, everybody holding. If I, this, is not, this is not the classroom, please, don't, don't take it too serious. So let's start like this. What is retirement? The term retirement or retiring can mean many things to many people. For some people, it can mean exiting your workforce. That's where you are working. You stop working there. For some people, it may mean getting your claims, getting your benefits. To some people, it means pension and gratuity. When you talk about retirement, that's all it means to some people. For some people, they have been able to combine the two. And these two are not exactly the same as for somebody to resign their job. You know, resignation is not the same thing as retirement or termination of appointment. So there are many things that people look at where they are going to leave a particular workforce. That is, how do I support myself in retirement? What am I supposed to consider in order to have my life back? How will you survive financially if there are no more salaries? And you know very well, most people who earn salary or who have been earning salary most of us, we have been three months away from poverty. If our salaries were not paid for three months, we would be so poor that even a poor person will call us poor. Before you can balance up after the three months, you are already indebted to the tune of another six months. Now you see, the salary thing, forgive me for saying, has been a scam. We just had to make do with it. It's not as if that was the best form of life. Should that not mean that when somebody is retiring, shouldn't you be happy that, yes, you are free at last from salary? Or should a person feel so sad that what is going to happen at the end of the month? How should a person look at this? Now, for many people, when they talk about retirement, we hear from financial security experts that will uh, come around, tell us, okay, this is how to make money after you stop receiving salary. What of the psychological aspect about retirement? What of the psychological issues that need to be cleared if a person is to survive after retirement? There are financial preparations and there are also psychological preparations for retirement. Here in this discussion, we want to combine the two because they both go hand in hand, economy and emotion. Economy and emotion. They say life is not all about money, but sometimes even when you have the money and you are not psychologically stable, even that money may become not very useful. Let me not say useless. 
because at the end of it all, you need a certain balanced state of mind to be able to enjoy your retirement. Whether with or without sufficient benefits, you know that your mind would be at rest. What are the choices that the person would need to make? Choice dilemma and what we refer to as grieving, for somebody to almost like grieving after the person is retired. Sometimes retirees can be overwhelmed by the number of adjustments and choices to be made when they begin retirement. They can experience what we call choice dilemma because many things are mixed up together. There's a matter of your personality as a person. There's a matter of your aging, at least we are not growing any younger. And there's the aspect of what we call self-confidence that may come in between your personality and your age. And then making decisions become traumatic sometimes for some people. You begin to procrastinate and you have what we refer to as decision paralysis. Sometimes the demand for some people after they have reached retirement will just be things that they are so shocked to experience. For example, certificates are no longer necessary. Certificates, promotion letters, award merits, your CVs are no longer useful. <laughs> Do you know the part that pained me most in the whole thing? My children cannot inherit my certificate. That is the part that gives me running stomach. No matter how much of awards I've got, I still have a lot of them in my own office now, plaques, all sorts. It's my name that's on them. I cannot bequeath them to my children. Talk less of the courses I've attended, the travels I've made, the perks I've enjoyed. All of these things were just like having to be, to be turned around for the use of nobody but me that doesn't have any more use for them. So sometimes, this is what happens. Almost nothing is exciting anymore. Travels are not exciting. Holidays are not exciting. Shoppings are not exciting. Enjoyments and so on and so forth. We are not thrilled anymore after a certain time. And when this begins to happen, it suddenly dawned on us that we are now senior citizens. Senior citizen. <laughs> please clap if you want to clap, please. <laughs> yes, senior citizen. <laughs> hey, there's something about being senior citizen. It, it will sound very attractive to young people just coming up. But for us that are already in that situation, should we be excited or should we start thinking? Who calls me senior? If you call me senior, what do you mean by that? Is it elevating or is it derogatory? Hmm. My God. Let's look at it this way. By the time they begin to look at you with your thick reading glasses, the young people are already classifying you as somebody that doesn't belong to their own generation. They already look at you as somebody who may not be able to understand what they are talking about. They begin to look at you as if somebody whose comprehension is getting weaker. You can't even operate some phones. You call your child, your, your grandchild, come and operate this thing for me. With all of our education, including PhD, there are some things on TV remote control that you don't understand anymore. <laughs> And you have to call young people to say, change this channel to. They say, Daddy, Grandpa, this is how it is done. I, we showed you before. <laughs> oh my God. Oh God, have mercy on us. Now, when you become a senior, this is what happens. 
the juniors will look at you in some ways. And you have to brace yourself to accept that you are now a senior citizen. There are certain privileges, and some privileges are withdrawn when you become a senior. You that is used to being busy, you now have all the time in the world to yourself. The time of retirement is like the time of COVID lockdown. What year did that happen? 2020. In fact, the way the years are pronounced, 2020. That's the only year pronounced twice the same way, 2020. It means there's something very serious about 2020 and the fact that people were at a lockdown. There was no day, there was no night, there was no weekday, there was no weekend. There was no going out, there was no traveling. We were just there. Some people become delirious. They didn't even understand life anymore within that time. For those who are retiring very soon, I think that 2020 was a training when you can't go to work because there's even no work to go to. And you will not be able to move around as you had wished to move around. What should a person now do when you have become a senior? You have to look back and you also have to look forward. Sometimes it's a coincidence that the time we are retiring is also a time that we are aging and passing through certain phases of our lives. For some people, it's all about regret. Regret of making money instead of making meaning. For some people, it's a regret of opportunities to bond with families that was lost because you had to sacrifice the time for your job. Especially as your cadre increased, there was no closing time for you anymore. Regret over opportunities that was lost and we didn't remember to have real good life for ourselves. For some people, they are not, they are not regretting, but they are just happy that at last they can be free to do all they had ever wished to do. The thing that is most regrettable and almost most painful in the whole thing is a matter of identity. It's a matter of identity that we may likely lose by the time we retire. You are no longer whom you thought you were. You need to heal family feuds. You need to reconnect neglected friendships. You need to find ways to thank people who are mentors and helpers to you in the past. You need to trace family histories. You need to look at your children and your grandchildren's faces. And you begin to think, will they be like me when it gets to their turn? Some would wish their children would never be like them. Yes. Having to suffer, having to struggle, having to do it all, and nothing much to show for it. For some people who are lucky, quote and unquote, you know it depends on where you walked. It depends on where you walked. Some people have it as if, look, before I even leave this office, let me put one or two of my children. Some people are privileged to be able to have a reason to do that. But sometimes when you look back and when you look forward, the things you see may be very surprising and the things to see may be objects or subjects for sober reflection. And that is one of the reasons for this workshop that we are having. Let me quickly mention one other aspect of how to continue continuing where we have reached, we are supposed to move on from there. This age or this stage that we have, with all of the identity crisis that we may likely have, it is like the adolescent version of old age. Many people have gone through midlife crisis while in the office. They realized it, and some didn't realize that they had just passed through very serious and difficult midlife crisis. 
the young person in adolescence doesn't know if it's a male. He doesn't know whether he's actually a boy or a man. Boy and man are merged into each other. He doesn't want to answer to being a boy, and he doesn't want you to refer to him as a man yet. Age of retirement is the adolescence of that age. You are neither still active, and you are not inactive. You are either still very useful, or some people may think you are almost useless. To say you are not needed in the service anymore, some people may construe that to mean as if they are not good for anything anymore. Let nobody allow themselves to be carried away or to be deceived or to feel very bad about the stage of retirement. Like I said, the identity crisis will always be there. Sometimes some of the things you have learned during your active service may not be transferable. The young people that are taking over from you, they think they know better ways of doing things. All of the experiences you thought you were going to gather and give to them, you just see that they leave it in a dustbin nearby. All of the files you had kept, all of the write-ups you have kept, they will show you how they can easily get all of that online in five minutes. All of the knowledge you have gathered for 30 years, they can just bring you a small memory card and they will say everything you are talking about is inside this card. So what is now your identity? How does it feel to step down from being a VIP? When you are no longer the person everybody rally around to serve or to obey or to do things for. All of these things are things that we feel, and these are some of the things that happen to us. And that is why I feel it is very important, before we talk extensively about what we should do, we should understand very well where we stand, who we are, and what people think we are, and what people think we are supposed to do at this stage of our lives. Now, let's begin now. We look at the matters of retirement as an important frontier in our lives. It's a stage of transition in life. The first transition we have ever experienced was when we were beginning school at very, very young and tender age. The second phase of our life is when we finish school and we now move into the workforce, into the working world. And the third stage is when we finally retire from the same service that we have been in for a very important part of our lives. There are certain things that we need to put in, in place because there are about six different phases of this retirement itself. The first of them is the pre-retirement planning time. I think that's like the time some of us have just passed through and we are still going through it now. You begin to ask yourself, is retirement a burden or a paradise? Is retirement a pain or a pleasure? Some of us who didn't prepare that we are going to leave the service one day, our attitude to job must have been different from somebody who knows that in the next few years he was going to leave service. Some things that some of us realize and know today, I wish we had known it about 10 years ago. I wish we had realized some things even about five years ago so that this would not have been a surprise for us. According to one um, author who said, life is not measured by the number in your bank account, but measured by the memories you create. Therefore, a person ought to have focused on how the finances can maximize your life, not how your life will maximize your finances. In some instances, some of us, we spent our lives to see how finances can improve, rather than use finances to plan for how our lives will be better and enjoyable. That is number one stage. The second stage is the big day, the smiles, the handshakes, and the farewell messages. It is like a celebration 
of somebody that is having a wedding. There will be dinner party. Yeah, there will be celebrations. There will be gifts. There will be, uh, what is this thing they normally do when people are doing wedding? Tarihi. Uh -huh. People say, yes, I know so and so person, so and so time. Thank you. Send forth ceremony. Thank you. It's like wedding. Someone will come around and say, I, I know uh, our director, uh, when I was just a youth copper, when I walked into this office, my director welcomed me with open arms, and since then he has always been my mentor. It pains me now that he has to go. You mind somebody saying that about you? <laughs> Anytime I had problem, I'd always come to visit uh, uh, our, our mother here, referring to you. Our mother, and uh, she has to retire now. We are really going to miss her. You see people saying those things. Uh, what will you do? You just sit down and be looking at them. And you'll be like, so it is me they are talking about like this. I service. <laughs> oh, God have mercy on us. So it's, it's, a, it's a sort of wedding in comparison. Incidentally, this marks the beginning of a marriage. And as a retiree, this marks the beginning of another life for you entirely. Hmm. The third phase is when you suddenly realize that you are now free. Yes. You wake up in the morning, you don't have to go to the office. You've stopped working. You don't travel anyhow anymore. Nobody calls you to a meeting that is boring. Nobody makes you sit down for hours holding a meeting that doesn't end anywhere. Nobody disturbs your head with coming to write a budget that nobody will make use of. You defend a budget, defend the finance, it will end up somewhere else. It will not reach your hand. Nobody will disturb your head with certain trips that are not necessary. And then you suddenly feel, yes, thank God, I'm now a free person. Hmm. That is another stage. That's another stage. Oh, God have mercy. But even with that, when the person suddenly becomes free like that, it doesn't last for long. After a while, we have stage number four that we call disenchantment. And that is, so this is it. This is it. Now I am retired. I am now free. What else? I am free now. What next? Sometimes it can bring loneliness. Sometimes boredom can set in. Sometimes feelings of uselessness can come in. And sometimes feelings of delusionment can come in. When you now see that this is not a holiday, this is not as if you are on leave, this is not a vacation, this is reality. It's not as if, okay, I will resume work next month. It's not as if, as soon as I finish this vacation, who even goes on vacation? Hmm. That is the dis <laughs> disenchantment. You begin to wonder, so this is all that it is. Then number five, this is that one I mentioned earlier on, reorientation, loss of identity, and having to build a new identity. After being a director, who am I? After level 17, what level am I? <laughs> level what? <laughs> How many people reach 17? Please. 17, uh huh. 17, 17, 17. After 17, what next? Pamsek. <laughs> you see, this is, the, this is the part that pains me most. After all those promotional exams over the years, you will read and read and read. Sometimes you pass exams, they'll say there's no vacancy for your promotion. You take it another year, they say you failed. You take it another time, you'll be ashamed to tell your children. The result of yes. <laughs> they say, Daddy, you were writing exam the other time. How did it go? And I say, Well, we thank God. <laughs> oh, God, have mercy. The thing is, somebody will ask, Who am I now? What is my purpose at this point? Mm -hmm. 
Am I still useful in some capacity or not? Yes, that is where we are going, right? When we begin to see, it's very hard for some people because there will be no more sirens to blow after them. There will be no more dedicated drivers and staff and security. People no longer stand up for you when you are coming in. And anytime they want to introduce you, they introduce as former, our former director, our former PAMSEC, our former DG. And you know what is most painful? Anybody they refer to as former, it means that person doesn't have any other position that is better than the previous one. If, if, if a governor becomes a president, they can't call him former governor. They call him president, even president, myself. After a while, former. I entered aircraft with one former president like that one time. And I saw him and said, ah, this is the same person. Although he was in the business class, I was in the uh, civil service, uh, <laughs> civil servant uh, side. But he didn't get to the destination before us. We all got there at the same time. So when, when we were disembarking, I just looked at him again. There were no security men around. For me to convince myself, I moved close to him. Good afternoon, sir. Then he should go, good afternoon, how are you? I said, fine, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to see you, sir. Say thank you, same here. I just wondered that, okay, even if I had become president, I would still become like this one day. The question is, hmm, what is going to happen after now? If you don't know your identity, after all of the trainings and workshops and courses and many years of experiences, then this suddenly happened. If you don't know what your identity should be from now on, it can be very difficult. It can be very, very difficult. There's something about us. Let me digress a bit. We all have our core as persons. You see, identities can be looked at in two ways. Eh? What you call yourself and what people call you. How you look at yourself and how people look at you. Most of the time, if you allow the way people look at you to carry you away from who you truly are, you will be regretting a lot of things if they don't call you like that anymore. Some of us, our identities were not different from our jobs. You ask somebody, please introduce yourself. You say, yes, I'm engineer, so, so, so. Now, what I'm saying is our core about who we truly are, we must not forget. We have been having a lot of things attached to our names for a very long time. Including those of us, they put doctor before our names. But behind that, or beyond that, there is me. If I stand up to lecture in the university, I stand there as a lecturer. If I get home to play with my grandchildren, I stand there as grandpa. If I'm speaking to my friends, I stand there to talk to them as friends. If I'm speaking to my wife, how do I stand? <laughs> Nothing more than that. I'm just a husband. If I'm talking to my children, I'm just daddy. Now, between being a husband, being a wife, being director, being professor, being all of these things, what of you? Who exactly are you? This identity, grandma. <laughs> Especially you, our, our mothers, you are the grandmas. The children are very quick at calling you grandma. Yes. They call you relish and enjoyment. Better accept that new identity. Accept it wholeheartedly. Do grandmally things with them. One grandchild I carried was pulling on my beard. And the mother was saying, ah, why you did that? I said, Look, leave her. This is all she knows that I am. She doesn't care whether you people call me anything. Identity should not be a problem for us. Failure to identify yourself 
can lead to depression. Some will just realize that they are being used and dumped even by their own family and friends. All the years we have worked and saved, it's not because of them. All the mortgage that we have had to pay, it's not because of family. All the money we had ever saved, it's not because of their schools. All the struggle and strife, it's not because of these children. The houses some of us have struggled to build, the houses some of us are still paying mortgage for, it's not because of these children. When we get to a certain stage, if you are not careful, you are going to feel used. All of them have finished university. We have those who have finished university from our children. Some of them are already working now. And some of them already face their own family. You grandma, your own is better. If they give birth to children, you go and do omugo. Grandpa, which one are you going to do? <laughs> grandpa, what are we going to do? We go and be. Will we go and be changing the pass? <laughs> oh my God. We, we don't know how to change the pass. We don't know how to buy for new babies. So when you grandmas, when you travel with them, you go to Canada and you travel everywhere to go and do a mugo, we, where will we be? We'll be at home reading newspapers. We'll read newspaper, you even read obituary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you, 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 yes. <laughs> you know when you read obituary to the extent that you are now comparing their age to your own. <laughs> this, is, this, this person died at 69. Say, eh, God, 69. Uh, me, I'm not ready now. <laughs> Then you see somebody, they say, grandpa, great-grandpa, died at 96, so okay, I prefer something like this. <laughs> so what is your identity? How do I plan to spend my life? These are the answers you must find, uh, the questions you must find answers to. What are my hobbies? What activities will I fill my days with? Are people in my social circle, are they also retired like me? If you can answer these questions, then you may likely fulfill the identity crisis that a person may have. You may have some very good answers to, to some of these things. Then another thing is the routine, the moving on. All is not lost, it's just time for us to move on. That's what retirement means. And that's why rather than call it retiring, I would rather call it rewiring. I will call it rewiring. Rewired. Yes. What, how do we rewire? Retirement is changing, partly because people are living longer now. So many people are living well into their 90s and planning for 30 years of retirement has become conventional financial advice for a lot of people. And psychological advice cannot be overruled. It is also very important. Rewiring in a nutshell is reallocating your time so that you can remain active. It's as simple as that. Reallocating your time so that you can remain active. What are the questions you need to ask yourself if you want to reallocate your time? Number one, you ask yourself, do I really need more money? What businesses do I have unfinished? Am I still paying debt that I need to get a job to do after retirement? Are some of my children still in school? that I'm supposed to sponsor the education before I stop looking for money. I hope you follow what, I'm, what I mean by rewiring. Yes, a person may not be in active civil service, for instance, but you may have to think, if, if you can answer the question of, do I need more money, it may assist you to know what you need to do if you must look for more money. To take care of what? These children, to take care of what? my health, to take care of what, my existence, or the new life that I've found myself having to live. You have to also understand that to rewire yourself, you have to keep learning 
You have to keep learning. If possible, you can convert your work experience to business opportunity. If God wills. To rewire is for you to understand that you shouldn't take things personally. There's a way things work in the universe. There's a way things work in the world. There's a sequence. There's rewire. There's retire. And there's irrelevance. You rewire when people say you have retired so that you don't get tired, you get more active, and you redirect your timing and the things you do. But before the time of irrelevance, ensure that you have already rewired your life by yourself. Children cannot do it for us because their interests are not the same with ours. If you wait for your children to help you to rearrange your life, they will make you stay in boys' quarters. Literally. Please, forgive me for saying this. Let me um, tell you something that I saw and was really scary. Please, this is off record. Somebody showed me a photograph of um, a family. All of them with the same Ashwabi. I said, oh, very lovely family. May God bless them. He said, no, Ustaz, you didn't look at the picture very well. I said, what, what is there to see? He said, you didn't ask, where is the father? I said, ah. Okay, is he late? He said, no, he's not late. That is the mother, and these are the children and grandchildren. They went on holiday in Dubai. That's where they snapped this photograph. I said, okay, what of the father himself? He said, he's at home. At home where? He now explained to me. He said, this is how they go on holiday every, um, every once in a while in the year. They can go twice sometimes, sometimes more than two times. But definitely in a year, they must go on holiday. Anytime they will go like that, they may spend one month or two months before they come back. The man himself is always too scared to be alone in the house. So they will lock up the whole house. They have a self-contained next to the gate man's house. That is where he stays. They will now send money to gate man so that gate man's wife will prepare something for him. He will now sit down in the front of the self-contained like this. He'll be reading newspaper and looking at those who are passing by the gate. That is how he will be until when they come back from holiday, they will now open the doors and then bring him in again. This is somebody who, if you talk about family man, that was him. Now, even if you wanted to travel with them, legs, Arthritis will not allow him to do that. The thing is, a person should rewire his life so that by the time retirement finally sets in, you are already rewired before some people think you are irrelevant. There are some businesses in the business world. Please don't take this personally. I'm just giving an example. By the time a person becomes irrelevant to the business world, the business world will probably become irrelevant to you already. By the time some people pronounce you as irrelevant to civil service, civil service is already irrelevant to you. What will make it to be so irrelevant to you is what we are talking about. Everybody must find ways of rewiring, and one of such ways is for you to find a passion. Find a passion. How do you find a passion? Let me mention briefly one, two, three, four, before we wrap it up. You have to experiment with activities. What are the things that you really want to do? You can't find your passion in retirement by staying at home and being inactive and by organizing pity party for yourself. You know what I mean by pity party? People will not be coming to greet you, hey, yeah, grandpa, you can't go out, hey, yeah. Then some of your friends will come and say, hey, yeah, you have nowhere to go, hey, yeah. No, don't just sit down like that. People will be looking at you as, you are still alive now. Ah, ah. Hey, what is the, hey, yeah, part of it? <laughs> don't let anybody come and start pitying you as if something bad has happened to you. So get a passion, find something that you like to do that can give, keep you active. You cannot do that unless you get out of your comfort zone. Another thing is find what connects to your heart. 
Something can be nice business, but doesn't resonate with your soul. You have the strength to do it. They say find passion, find something to do. You have to ask yourself, do I have this energy the way I used to have it before? It's not the same thing now. Things have changed. And you have to ensure that you don't do things that's going to make life difficult for you. Number three, you have to question yourself. Ask yourself some questions. What am I interested in doing? What is the thing that if I'm doing it, I will not be bored? I'm not talking about attending meetings so the way we used to do. What are the things, something that I love to talk about? What are the things I can be doing without getting tired? What is a stress reliever for me? What gives me satisfaction? What gives me joy? What gives me happiness? What could I do for five years straight without getting paid and I'll still be okay? What would I do if I had all the money in the world? What would I regret not doing in my life? Somebody once asked me a question. The person said, Doctor, how do you relax? How do you relax? He asked me and I had to think very well before I could say something. I said, relax. I repeated it twice. Relax. Say yes, how do you relax? Because I see that you are always busy. Yeah. I said, well, sometimes I read books. Say, no, that's not relax. Yeah. Ah. I said, well, sometimes I, I watch TV. He said, what do you watch on TV? I said, news sometimes. Say, that's not relax. Honestly, I found it very difficult to explain if I relax at all. Looking at all the activities, go to work, come back, attend meeting, attend program, attend seminar, do this one, talk to people, shout on junior staff. By the time I looked at all of those things, there was no relaxation. When was the last time you had a holiday, a real holiday? Before now, I don't know whether people still do it now. You write for sick, uh, what do you call it? You write for leave. All you are interested in is the leave bonus, not to go on leave. Because you have some problem to solve. You, <laughs> I don't know if, if people are, it must, have, you, it must have happened to you before. You are more interested in the bonus than the leave. They say, let's go for a workshop. You want the money, not that workshop. It's the money they are supposed to pay, the extra code. That is what is more important. Now, is it that same person they will say, go on vacation? Vacation. We had vacation when we were in secondary school, when we were on holiday. But during job, who goes on vac vacation the way? And you see some of these white people, they go vacation in uh, Dubai, they go vacation in India, they go vacation in Paris, they say we are on vacation. What of us? What kind of life is this? So the thing is, ask yourself, while I'm rewiring, how am I going to compensate myself for all of these things? And what can I do that can be tantamount to this vacation that I never had? Another way you can find your passion is look for recurring themes. What have you always wanted to do as a younger person? Some of us, when we were very, very small, we loved to farm. Some of us, we joined our parents in the farm. Some of us, we were lucky to have animal husbandry going on around us. If these are some of the things that your mind went back to, it is another way of determining what can give you a good sense of passion. Something that you can do it and you'll enjoy doing it. I can speak for the men, but for the women, I'm not, I, I don't know what example I can give. But you may know very well by yourself. When you were much younger, what were those things you enjoyed doing? Cooking. But, what can you do with cooking now? When your grandchildren will be afraid that you set the house on fire. Some of them don't even trust you know how to use a gas cooker. <laughs> Some of them, they don't even, they don't think you know how to use the gas cooker. At what o'clock? What will you cook? Well, if you cook, you cook for yourself. I don't think at this level, a person should choose cooking as something to make money from. If not, the demands of the people of nowadays is much more 
for a retiree to cope with. So, in my own opinion, if you cook, make it a hobby, just cook for yourself, enjoy yourself. The other thing that you may look at that can determine what to do next is how do you take care of your basic needs as a person? Abraham, uh, was Maslow Pyramid made, made us to understand that there are certain levels of needs a person will have. We have the psychological needs, and we also have what we call safety or security needs. Psychological needs include the air, the water, the food, food, shelter, good sleep, good clothing, and then at some point, reproduction. Now, when we look at air, water, food, especially, you see I emphasize food. Please, let nobody starve you at this point in life. Let nobody starve you. Whatever thing you are going to do, to be able to afford a cook sometimes. My uh, madam, they understand what I mean by this, house help and the rest of them. You people have been used to all of that. But please, at some stage, there is the possibility that you starve. All of those that will cook for you as at the time you want it may not always be there. If you don't make some rewiring to ensure that somebody else takes care of you, these children that we have, they have their own lives. We don't want to tie them to ourselves forever. One of them will just wake up tomorrow and say, Mama, I'm relocating to Canada. You say she should not go. Another will say, I found a job in Dubai. You can't say they shouldn't go. And they're very smart. Once they have their children and they're traveling out of the country, they will take their children along. They won't leave their children with you that is going to spoil, you know, that's the language they use. They say you are going to spoil their children for them. So what, what does that leave you with? Don't starve. Don't starve. Ah, please don't starve. Anything you are going to do, any job you are going to do, any vocation you are going to go into, ensure that it is the type that guarantees that you are well fed at the time you want to eat and the kind of thing you want to eat. Then we have talked about sleep, good sleep. It is not laziness when you have to sleep well. Many of us have spent 30 years not fulfilling the necessity of the number of hours we are supposed to sleep. You get to certain CADA in civil service, you can be called 12 midnight to prepare certain memo that will be submitted 8 a.m. A senior somewhere, a director somewhere, or a palm check can just tell you to do that. And you can't say, sorry, it is weekend. Now, this is the time for you to get your sleep back. Anything you are going to do that is going to disturb your sleep again after all these years, please try to avoid it, no matter how attractive it is, and no matter how much money you are going to get from it. Because you see this body, eh? it is not, uh, there's no duplicate to. <laughs> then we talk about security, resources, property, and especially health. This one, I want to underline it. Please take care of your health first and foremost, both physically and psychologically. Take very good care of your health. Whatever it is, if you have not been going for medical care, you have not been going for medical checkup, please, this is the time. Any job or any vocation you are going to do from this point on, don't let it take so much toll on your health. Don't let it take too much from you again. And from time to time, try to check yourself. The biggest mistake you can make is for you to think you won't live long. Don't ever think you won't live long. If you are 60 or 70 today, I'm telling you by 96, you may still be alive. And we have seen people that pass 100. It's just that they won't tell us because of the uh, affidavit they swore for civil service. <laughs> They saw affidavit. They now cause uh, confusions. <laughs> God forgive me, when they die at 110, they will cause confusion. Children will not know, okay, what age are we going to say, <laughs> Grandpa? <laughs> the children will be afraid. If we put the real age, the civil service can recall. <laughs> yes, please, don't rule out the possibility that you are going to live long. 
So please prepare and plan like somebody who is going to be here at 110. By God's special grace, it's going to be like that. There's nothing God loses when he gives us long life. He doesn't reduce his own. The most important thing is find what you can enjoy. And this is another point I'm mentioning when, it, when we talk about finding something you can do. Learn to enjoy and learn to be in the flow. What do I mean by enjoy? Even if you drink water, enjoy the water in your mouth. You have not been doing this. Many of you have been eating on the run because of job. To eat breakfast now, you will be still be chewing something when you quickly rush into the car to go to the office. Some, they will have to go to the office before they eat breakfast. Before they should wait to eat breakfast in their house, they will be late. Or there will be traffic. Many people have been eating breakfast in the office. Lunch in the office. If you are not even disciplined sometimes, it will be 4 p.m. you have not eaten. You will just be drinking tea. As if they used tea to swear for somebody. <laughs> so please... Learn to be in the flow, learn to enjoy. If you are going to drink gari, please put granite from now on and ask more milk. I hope you understand what I mean. Yes. Whatever thing you are now going to do after retirement, ensure that you are in the flow. Wait, let it be something you enjoy doing, not something that you have to do, not something that you must do. I hope you understand. You are still alive, so be present in everything that you do. Then get inspired by books, workshops, talks, and lectures like this type that we are having now. Let there be more of it where colleagues and friends, associates, where you can always gather, you can always discuss, you can always look at life, and you can always enjoy whatever thing you have to do for one another. If God permits you, if you can dance, learn how to dance now. Yes, if you can sing, learn to sing now. Whatever thing you can enjoy doing, don't be shy to do it. I also want to add that you should ask friends and family for help once in a while. Sometimes you should not be afraid to ask for help. Everyone struggles with finding their passion in life, no matter the age. And sharing a problem makes the problem itself much lighter. Sometimes there could be your, some of your own personal family problems conflicting interest with your spouse and children, some debt to settle, some depression from being abandoned, some compromised mental state because of the new changes around you. There can be some very, very personal problems. It may not necessarily be health. It can be psychological. It can also be existential. What do I mean by this? I'll give you one example. There's a particular person, a senior, long ago, he got a lot of money at retirement. He didn't really know what to use this money for. God forgive me, it's this same money that took his children into drug addiction. It's because the children see this money plenty and the father doesn't have any plan in mind to use it for, they collected it from him and they, they, they lavished the whole thing. This, is, this can be very painful. So he went into depression. He went into depression. And he took a lot of counseling, a lot of counseling before he could accept that it was not his fault because he was blaming himself for the whole thing. There was another one. I will tell Alagi here. Only you can hear this one. There's another one. When he collected money, he went to marry his second wife. <laughs> 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 Please don't go there. <laughs> it is not a bad thing. As far no go area. Yes. Yeah, the reason why I'm mentioning it, you have to be very smart. If you are going to do this kind of thing, you see, I, I need to mention it because I know some of us are involved. If you are going to do this kind of thing, this very young lady, I don't want to mention where she's from. She just came around, play with him, all of those things, and then she was using style to collect this money. Then they eventually married her. She completed her father's house in the village. She built another one for herself, and then she got a small house in Maraba. After all said and done, the money finished. 
As for this, my friend, he didn't see anything he could show. Meanwhile, the other wife and the other children, they were always complaining that he keeps saying he didn't have money when he was in service. Now that he's out of service, he's still saying he doesn't have money. All the money you collected, where is it? There was no account for it. When money finished, this lady just packed her things and moved to Maraba, where her house is. This thing I'm saying is a real life story. And I'm saying this because I want all of us to not take things for granted. That money is your money. Make plans to spend it for yourself. Thank you. Ah, this one you even mentioned myself. <laughs> Next of king. Some of them, they, they will, let me not go there. <laughs> you understand very well. Oh, God have mercy. Now, finally, now, what is the bottom line of all of this is we are saying? <laughs> As a retiree, what exactly can you do? You can motivate upcoming young people, train them or talk to them about life, talk to them how to succeed in life, talk to them how to take care of themselves, talk to them child upbringing, you know, so many things happening in the society now. What people need a lot now are people who can motivate them so that they don't kill themselves. People can motivate them so that they can find their bearings in life. There are many aspects of things that are going wrong in the society. If you feel with your wealth of experience, you can step in and you are going to enjoy doing it. You are going to enjoy talking to young people. You are going to enjoy you sitting down and they come to complain to you about what is bothering their minds. Because we have learned a lot. We failed sometimes. We succeeded in some things. We made some mistakes. These young people don't have to repeat what we have gone through. And the good thing is, if you are washing somebody's clothes, your own hands will not be dirty. If you are doing this for other people's children, your children will be taken care of. God knows how he does that. So for those of us who have that passion for humanity, it is time for you to nurture that spirit in yourself. And that is why whatever thing you do, let it be something that's going to assist you to influence others in a very positive way. Whether you ask for it or not, people will be coming to you. They want to tap from your wisdom. They want to learn from your experiences. They want to hear your words. You are no longer the same you when you are in the civil service. You are now a different person. And this difference in your life, you have to make it count. And that's why I emphasized earlier on, start from yourself. You've been caring all your life for others. It is time for you to care for you. It's time for you to care for yourself. So please, take advantage of this time to rewire yourself and take good care of yourself. Take care of your mind and sometimes demand that you should be taken care of. This is where I'm going now. Ask for it. You deserve it. Demand for it from family, from friends, from children. Demand that they should care for you too when you see have energies now. When it comes to the time where somebody else has to change our pampas, the people that we suffer all our lives for, will they be around? The people that we labored all our lives for, will they be around to take care of our privacy and change our pampas for us? I'm saying this and I'm, I mean it. Anybody that's that wants to live up to 110 here, you should know they will wear adult pampas for you. You can't have it all. <laughs> you can't have it all. So whatever you decide to do, finally, don't forget to only look for jobs that provide more than money. A job should not provide only money, but it should also provide meaning. A job should provide you with opportunities to socialize and offer you physical and mental stimulation. Some jobs can also give you a sense of purpose and the opportunity to help somebody else. In addition, find a better work-life balance. Few retirees want to keep working full-time. This is not advisable. Most older workers want a flexible schedule, which might mean working part-time or part of the year or sometimes you take a career that will have a long break for you to relax before beginning a new venture. Hence, it is never too soon to begin mapping out the course of the rest of your life. 
and distinguished ladies and gentlemen, I thank you so very much for paying attention. <laughs> <laughs>